This is the Everything Weight Loss Podcast with Shari Ware, where we talk about everything, all things, anything to do with weight loss, health, and wellness. So today I have Jill Rogers with me, who is a founder and owner of My Heart Safe. As a former qualified nurse, she is passionate about increasing the level of heart defibrillators in the community so that we do not lose loved ones needlessly. Over 30,000 people experience an out-of-hospital cardiac arrest in Australia every year. That's a big number, 30,000 people. And less than 9%, wow, will survive because the right equipment is not within easy reach. Now, I'm going to read that again because it is so important. Over 30,000 people experience an out-of-hospital cardiac arrest in Australia every year and less than 9% will survive because the right equipment is not within easy reach. So that's pretty much what we're here to talk about today. I also will say that Jill also conducts training workshops for her clients in defibrillator use and CPR. And I'm sure that she will tell us more about whatever we need to know about that. But first of all, I would like to welcome Jill to the show. Thank you for joining me today, Jill. Thank you, Shani, for the invite. It's really an honour to be with you and to share my business with your listeners. Well, um, from the introduction that I just read out, this is definitely a cause that I feel obviously from those stats needs a lot more awareness and I'm definitely happy to help in whatever way I can to raise that awareness. So I always ask this question of all of my, of all of the people that I have on the show and that is... I would love to know if you were to have a superpower, what would that be? Well, I don't know about a superpower, but uh, along the many years that I've been, um, had my careers, I've realised that I have a love of training. And when people talk to me and when when I've asked them about that, The feedback that I've had is that I can show empathy and I can be with that person. So I think training is all about sharing your experience. And unless you've had that experience, um, you know, you don't do well. So I think if anything, I'd like to be known as being empathic um, and caring. Mm -hmm. I guess that comes from my, uh, my old life as a nurse. Oh, wow. Well, uh, certainly I feel that people who are in that field, that's all part of the package really, isn't it? They've definitely got to be people who really care because um, (laughs) I've seen some of the shows on TV and I just think, oh, I can't, I I couldn't do that. So um, that's a great superpower. I know you probably don't believe it's super. I actually have a lot of people say that to me, that they don't believe they have superpower. I'm like, hmm pretty sure you do somewhere so I know that the reason why you do what you do with my heart safe I know that that comes from a pretty powerful story so what is that story why do you do what you do absolutely Shani well uh, sorry Shari um I guess um it all started uh with my years as a nurse 
Um, I was a training manager in my later roles. Um, and then my husband and I owned a registered training organisation. And once again, my role was to train there. So I've got a lot of satisfaction and self-value, I guess, out of showing people their journey. Um, what really spurred me on this journey with my heart safe um, is that I learned about a friend of mine um, in Western Australia. And he was a guy that I've always regarded as being very fit, uh, very healthy, um, envied him because of that. Um, and he had a sudden cardiac arrest at the gym on the treadmill. Um, now, luckily for him, a paramedic was training not too far away from him. Um, so he recognised what had happened, started CPR straight away. Um, and um, until the staff arrived with a, a defibrillator. So my friend was a lucky one. You know, he survived. Um, not many do. Uh, in fact, uh, the stat that you read earlier um, was that we do have about 80 people die every day in Australia from uh, sudden cardiac arrests, and about 9% of them, um, you know, will not survive regardless of what treatment they've had. So uh, he was lucky. Um, and what I found was quite ironic is that 50% of gyms still don't have a defib. Now, I go to a gym, and I'm sure you do, mm. and most of the people there are about my age, and they need something there. And, and so I find that's very ironic uh, that we're still half gyms without, without a defib. Um, so I guess that really spurred me on in this business um, and it made me realise that not enough exposure is given to sudden cardiac arrests. Um, it's the leading cause of death in Australia uh, and we're far behind other countries when we talk about defibrillators. Uh, for instance, sake, stat to show you that is that here we have a 6% um, chance of recovery. In Seattle, in the States, it's 62%. Oh, wow. so it's a staggering difference and, and we're really way behind the world in that regard. Wow. Yeah. We can do way better than that, can't we? We, we sure can. So I'm very passionate about increasing awareness uh, and I think education is the key. Yes. Um, and I guess that's where my background comes comes in. Um, and, and one thing that really surprises me is not many people know the difference uh, between a heart attack and a sudden cardiac arrest. Well, I think well, we need to know what the difference is. We certainly do. Um, and, and really the two main differences are the, 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 the thing that the heart does. A heart attack um, is caused by blockage. So it's a plumbing problem, really. Yep. Um, where the heart is starved of blood in in some area of the heart. Um, when people have a heart attack, they usually um, experience chest pain. Um, they usually start sweating. They have pallor. Uh, they might be nauseous. Um, so it's a situation that you can recognise quite easily. And it's very important that they get taken straight to the doctor. A sudden cardiac arrest, however, is very different. This is an electrical problem 
where the heart stops beating properly. And actually, it basically, it starts to quiver. So it can't pump and it can't pump around the body and in particular to the brain. So this is where um, the people collapse. They lose consciousness. They're not breathing properly. They obviously have very difficult um, a, a amount to get breath. Um, they may not have a pulse. So whilst it's very important to start CPR straight away, it's really a defibrillator that's the only thing that will restart the heart. Okay. So is this the time now where you, is this where you tell us how the defibrillator works? Because I think that that's a really important thing. Have we got to that part yet? Yeah, so, yeah very close. I, I think before I start there, um, there's a symbol, I guess, that we have in the industry um, called the chain of survival. And it's so crucial to people's success. The chain of survival really is four steps. The first one is early recognition. So recognising what's happening. Is the person uh, still breathing? Do they have chest pain? Or have they lost consciousness? Are they unresponsive? Uh, so recognising what the problem is. The second thing is to start CPR immediately. Um, this is very important because it will keep that person alive, basically, until further help comes. In the case that, of sudden cut, sorry? So that's if they've lost consciousness? Um, if they've lost consciousness and they're not breathing, absolutely, straight away. If they're still able to respond to you, then no, you're lying them in the, you know, the unconscious position and, and getting them to hospital. Yeah. In cardiac arrest, however, the next important thing is early defibrillation mm. before the paramedics get there. Um, now, each the quicker all of those steps happen, uh, the greater chances the person has of surviving. It, it was quite ironic, and, and even I didn't know this stat when I um, refreshed my uh, CPR. Uh, last year, as we have to do every year. Um, the trainer in that case was had been a paramedic in Sydney for 15 years. Oh, what a, what a career that would have been. Um, and she said yeah. in 85 to 90% of the cases, they're too late. Oh. Now, that's a staggering statistic. Um, so in this case, the real heroes are the bystanders. You know, yeah. the people that are around that person um, and how quickly they start acting um, before the ambulance arrives. Otherwise, it's too late. Yeah. So defibrillators, very important. And, you know, as, um, as I mentioned earlier, this is the only real solution when the heart stops beating properly. So how does a defibrillator work then? Okay, so a, a defibrillator delivers a shock to the heart, an electrical shock. Remember, a cardiac arrest is an electrical problem. So with the defib, we're trying to restart the heart and put it back into a normal rhythm. Okay. So that's what the defib does. Um, it's a very simple to use product. Yep. Um, modern defibs today, 
tell you what to do. They tell you if you're performing CPR correctly. Okay. They tell you if you're pressing too hard or too soft or going too quickly or too slow. What if what if it, a defibrillator is not needed? Will it it, it won't shock if the heart? If the shock isn't needed, then it won't do it. So the minute that you put your pads on, uh, the sticky pads over the person's heart region, the defibrillator then will analyse the problem. So it very quickly assesses whether the heart is beating and whether it needs to shock the patient or not. So really, it's it's got all the instructions that tells you exactly what to do and it will only do what it needs to do. Absolutely. And this is, you know, I find so often when I go around and talk to people that they're very daunted by the fact that they think they might have to save a life. Yeah. And they may have to perform CPR. Um, so, so that's a very important fact that they really can't harm that person. Yes, and that's the thing. A lot of people are scared. Are they doing the right thing? But but if it's telling you what to do and it won't do the wrong thing, then you really can't do the wrong thing. Right? Absolutely. And if you if you um, during the process start to, if that heart starts to beat, then they'll they'll naturally and automatically stop. So it is very much a user friendly. Um, people don't need to be trained. They don't need to feel frightened of, of coming in there and acting. In fact, the worst thing they can do is wait for an ambulance to arrive. Especially, you know, when those stats say that, um, you know, less than 9% will survive because the right equipment is not within easy reach. And, you know, I unfortunately, um, I've had a couple of experiences with ambulances just recently. Um, and obviously they've got a triage and, um, I would I would feel that if somebody was um, having a cardiac arrest or, or a suspected incident that they would get there a lot quicker. But um, it just depends on what ambulances are in the area and what other, you know, there could be a major car accident and they're all there and they're not able to get there as fast as what they might do on some other days. So this definitely sounds like um, something that is needed in the instances where maybe they might not be able to get there as quickly. That's exactly right, Chari. And and as I mentioned, we're way behind um, as a country. Um, There should be defibrillators, you know, in every street. This is one of my passionate projects that I want to get off the ground. Yeah. If we if we take most of our streets, what are they? Probably 20 to 30 houses in each street. Yeah. If they could share and if they could all put together to put a defibrillator in the middle of the, you know, the middle range of the street. Yeah. How much difference would it make to people surviving? And you know, that's one of the one of the community projects that I'm really um, trying to get off the road or trying to get off the ground. Yep. Um, it happens in a few places in New South Wales. Um, uh, Queensland's very much at the backward step of that, so it's something that I'm really passionate about. 
Yeah, and I guess thinking along those lines too, what came to mind when you were saying that was, you know, maybe body corporates of um, of unit blocks and things like that, so that there's one there for all of the units or uh, obviously gyms and uh, organisations, even schools or community centres. Really, there should be one at any place where there's a group of people, shouldn't there? Absolutely. Absolutely, you know, whether it's your local bowls, uh, bowls club or um, golf club, you know. I um, very recently talked to someone that's uh, managing a golf club and I was very impressed because not only did they have a defib at the club, but they also carried defibs in their little golf carts. Oh, uh, the staff would, um, would go around the, uh, the links with and... When you think about how big it got, you know, golf range is. Yes. Probably way too late by the time they go to the club and back as well. So yeah, wow, that's great thinking, isn't it? Absolutely. The first three minutes are the most important um, okay. to be able to start some action. But yeah. after about the eight to ten minutes, the chance of survival drops very quickly. Yeah. In fact, uh, after ten minutes, about 20%. Um, so we all need to, I, I think we all have a responsibility to look after one another. Yeah, sure. So I, I guess even as, you know, just a person, I could have a defibrillator, like I could have one in my home or my car, is that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So how, what kind of price range are we looking at to okay. purchase one? Um, most defibrillators are between the 1800 and 2400 yeah. Um, and um, my heart safe um, provides interest rate payments for up to two years. So what you're doing there is paying about a hundred bucks a month um, to save your life, to save your family's life, um, and your neighbour's life. So I really think they're affordable for everybody. I find it, you know, pretty ironic. And, and earlier on in the day, I had a tradesman come to check. Uh, my smoke detector mm -hmm. and as you may know it's mandatory for all Australian homes to have smoke detector. I'm just wondering why isn't it mandatory for why isn't it mandatory to have for a something that will save your life. Yeah. Um, so so it's, it's a little bit silly but um, that's the way we need to go. Well, I guess it's a different way of thinking, isn't it? And uh, we're not talking about a massive machine like in a hospital that takes up a lot of room. And and um, I'm I feel that it's it's a very small thing that you could just carry around or have in a cupboard somewhere if we're talking about your home. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's really a little bit bigger than not much bigger than a shoebox. Um, it's very light. Most of them weigh about a kilo. Um, so they're easy to move around. Yeah. Um, I have a neighbour that bought one for their house, but they have a boat. So when they go out in the boat, they take their defib with them. I spoke with someone this morning that's one of our grey nomads driving around Australia. Um, and they're buying a defib when they go into a more remote area. So really there are so many applications where we need them. Yeah, and they're certainly uh, achievable for uh, even just somebody for their own home. Absolutely. But 
definitely if if uh, anybody listening to this has um, contacts with uh, organisations that they feel that this is something that uh, needs to be um, portrayed to them or put to them, then this is going to get the awareness out a lot more people are going to start it's about having conversations which is what we're doing we're having conversation about things something that most people don't even think about um, and that's then going to start more conversations so that is awesome so what I want you to um, what I will say before I get to this last question uh, is I know that Jill will give me contact details for anybody who wants to take the conversation further with Jill. If you want to contact Jill, all of the um, ways that you can contact Jill will be in the show notes for you to check out. And then I want to say, um, what is, if, if somebody's listening to this episode, Jill, and they walk away from it, what is the one thing that you want people to know? Oh, one thing. Um, I think one thing would be to be aware that it can happen to anyone, you know, right from young people, teenagers, right through to the age. So um, well, I'd encourage people to definitely get a health check with their doctor. Uh, it's very important and I think uh, Australians are quite lax in that regard. We don't tend to go and get a regular checkup. She'll be uh, right, mate. Yeah, that's it, it'd be right, mate. Um, I also think it's really important to look at the other side of your health. Um, I know that you're very focused on that and I think uh, we need to be healthy, we need to look after ourselves and our body um, and treat our health as the best and biggest asset that we have in our life. Yeah. Um, and certainly last but not least, think seriously about a deep fit. Um, for your home, caravan, motorhome, uh, wherever it may be, um, because I think purchasing one is probably one of the most important things you do in your life to protect people, whether it's yourself, your neighbours or, or your loved ones. So think about your street. Um, there are many ways that you can help save a life. Um, so that would be, I think, the main one that I'd want people to think about. Definitely. It can happen to anyone, anywhere, anytime. Absolutely. So it would be awesome to be prepared. All right. Well, and thank I think you. it's important as well to remember that you don't have to be trained. No. Um, anyone can come across that situation and save a life. Yeah. It's all about acting quickly and knowing and recognising what the situation is. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jill. I am so glad that I met you recently and uh, we were able to have this conversation. I will be sharing it far and wide on social media and I know that you will too and together we'll raise awareness and get more defibs into more places to help save more lives. That would be wonderful and um, I hope everyone can join me in this opportunity. Awesome. Thank you, Shari, for having me and uh, goodbye to everyone. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll see you on the next episode. See ya. Bye. 
Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Remember to check out the show notes and if you have any comments, feedback or suggestions, I'd love to hear them. If you've received value from this podcast, make sure to subscribe and I'd love you to rate and review the show. Have a fabulous day.